Hey, Barstool listeners, you can find every episode of this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Listen up, we've got some tea, and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team, and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, we lost it, because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend, and all their customers were like, hey, we spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days, and then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. All right. Uh, First time, long time. We got Roan. We got Max in the booth. We got Derek out there. We even got Za for this despondent and depressing episode before us. Because Roan, right here, right now, I think I hate the Philadelphia 76ers. No, Schmitty, no. I don't want to hate him. No. I don't want to hate him. I don't want to do it. No. I don't want to do it. But they are forcing me to hate them. They are for- no, they are forcing me after acquiring James Harden and going four and zero and then losing without him, and then bringing him back and winning, and then the last three games against the Brooklyn Nets being just completely outmanned, outplayed, out American, out everything against Brooklyn, and then to come back against Orlando in a bounce back game, being forced to be bailed out in overtime by a Tobias Harris three and can't even get a confident win in Orlando. And then to come on, on Joel Embiid's MVP statement night where Jason Kelsey's singing the national anthem and JoJo balls out like the MVP he is, lose at home to the Denver Nuggets when they had a 19-point lead and the bench gets outscored by Bones Highland himself 21 to 14 48 to 14 overall bench points the nuggets to the sixers top 15 doc is not a head coach i think i hate this team i don't want to i think i hate them smitty stop smitty 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 you need i I hear it in your voice that you need a deep breath i hear it in your entire being that you need a woosah you need to Breathe in some positivity. Who the fuck is Bones Highland? (laughs) Who is Bones Highland and what does he do in life? Why is he coming off the bench and scoring 21 points against this Philadelphia Sixers team, most of which is with, like, point nut hair dick on the shot clock, just draining threes all over the place? Who is he? What does he do? And why is this team losing at home to the Nuggets after being up 19 points? Why? They're... Uh, there's an explanation for all of it. There's an explanation for who Bones Highland is and why he did well last night. In 2019, Bones Highland and his entire family were saved from a fire, and the firefighters were in the building last night. There's nothing we could do to go against 
firefighters who saved the dude and the way that he's showing off for guys that saved his life before. He was completely unconscious, and that's fine because he, the, the, the rest of the team didn't beat us. The Joker didn't beat us. Fucking nobody else on that squad beat us, and it's the NBA. You're not going to win every game. They're not no winning any gone. games. They're not winning. We want to talk about divine intervention and spiritual reality. Bones Highland balls out for firefighters who saved his life a few years back. You know who was on the bench during the Brooklyn Nets game? Provided by the sixth man himself, who apparently this is the conversation they were having with James Harden. James Harden's mother was on the bench. And James Harden still, against the Brooklyn Nets, shoots fucking over a million and bitches about getting fouled left and right. When his mother, who gave him birth from beyond, is on the bench. Fuck divine intervention. This team doesn't have it right now. They don't have it. There is a plenty missing than, than more than what meets the eye, in fact. It sucks, and I don't want to hate them, but I'm forced to. And I think you are too, Rune. I think you are too. But, but it, even in a seven-game series, like you're not going to just sweep everybody. It's just not going to happen. Like you have to take losses with a little bit less gravitas than in, in any other sport. It like it, it's it's going to happen. The the Nuggets are a good team. Like the Nuggets are a really good team, and Embiid fucking dominated. Hard and quietly fucked around and had had about a triple double. Like I don't really look at anybody on the Sixers after last night and say like. They didn't do their job except for DeAndre Jordan. Oh, He's the only one. And Niang, and Niang, and Niang. I love yeah. Niang. But. And the entire bench and Doc Rivers. I mean, there, there has to be a reason why these these mega leads, specifically at home, are getting blown. I mean, the 18-point lead in Game 4 last year, the 26-point fucking castration in Game 5. Earlier this year at home, they lost when they were up by 24 points against the Clippers. Clippers didn't even have Paul George or Kawhi Leonard playing. And then last night, they're up by 19. I mean, that comes down to coaching, in my opinion. Yeah, the bench got outspanked left and right. I mean, you can't get outscored on the bench 48-14 to 14 and expect to win games. But Yang, who I, I think, you know, it's having a great season overall and we all love, he can't be going 2-for-10 from 3 off the bench. He can't be taking that last shot in the corner and fucking having it shank off the backboard and then instinctually try to put it back up when Tyrese Maxey is wide open with three seconds left. You can't have Danny Green coming off the bench and not scoring a single point. You can't have Furkan playing no minutes. And I hate Furkan, but between him and Azai Joe and, and Shake, who needs to, you know, step it up even more, even though he's only playing eight minutes last night. Like, Furkan at least has, has shown that he can provide a spark, and I know it's hypocritical. I'm going back every single thing that I've said about him, but you, you're running out of options. You need for success in order to have it, somebody like Furkan to come off the bench and provide something for you. This team doesn't have anything outside of Joel Embiid right now, and James Harden when he wants to play. Even Maxie's down. And Martise Thibault had a great game last night, especially defensively with six steals. But he should not be shooting in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. He shouldn't be. But if you, if you leave him open, though, he has to take that shot to keep defenses honest. Like, he just has to shoot that. Then he and has it, to make it, it. it. He has to be able to make it if he's going to be put out there in that situation. He has but to. It's all, 
But we get to the point, and I, I think it's something that we definitely do because we're like, we pay a lot of attention in Philly. Our fans give a fuck, and we pay attention from top to bottom. Guilty. And so we're pretty apt at diagnosing our team's weaknesses. Like, every time we know what's going on with the team and what's wrong with them. But, like, we're not going to have a perfect team. And now I look at our weaknesses. Right now our weaknesses are we don't have an incredible athleticism and foot speed on the team. Like, Tobias, Joel, Harden, not the fastest guys in the world. Brandon, get the fuck out of here. And then you you, you look at shooting, like, uh, Furkan Korkmaz, not a starter necessarily. We're forced to play Niang a bunch because we need shooting. We don't have a crazy amount of shooting on our team, especially guys who are just like catch and shoot guys in the corner. But you have to take shots. Like you, th there are problems with this team, but no team is going to be perfect. Our roster composition is good right now. People just have to play to their best their best selves like is there a roster that we've had do you like this roster better or the the jimmy butler jj reddick roster better with ben simmons in the mix <sighs> it's this one it's this one it's this one i'll answer that for you it's this one yeah <laughs> playing to their maximum ability yeah it's this one it's this one but i hate i have to think about it our bench it, went four of twenty four last night. That is so below average of the NBA that like but that's just not gonna happen. That's just not gonna happen every night. You, the starters played very well last look, night. Look, you say it's not gonna happen, but I'm looking for a time in which the opponents of the Sixers stop coming in and acting like they're playing the fucking 90s Chicago Bulls and just laying everything out on the court. And every single team that they play is shooting like 70%, specifically from three. I'm asking myself, when is that going to stop happening? But then I actually look at the games and the amount of wide open shots teams are getting against this team is a abysmal the amount of layups and transitional easy buckets that are being scored against the Sixers, Sixers team it's it's sustainable sadly and it's unsustainable for the Sixers team to be able to continue to win but I don't think that we got as high as we are getting low right now when the Sixers won their first four games with Harden like I think there was like a quiet like oh I feel pretty good about this and now over the last three games, including the close game against the Magic, which people all, like seem like they're counting as like a loss, which like yeah. they, they did win the game. They did win the game. <laughs> they did win the game because Wendell McGee Jr. went out of gas. Wendell McGee, Wendell Carter. And credit to, to Tobias Harris. See, that's how much. Credit to Tobias Harris. Credit to Tobias Harris for knocking open threes and scoring over 10 points, which he didn't do last night. Listen up, we've got some tea, and you all are going to be obsessed. We spoke with the Abercrombie team, and they told us that they were going to launch a wedding shop. Well, we lost it, because as you know, we are both getting ready to get Abercrombie and hitched. The whole vibe of Abercrombie these days is clothes you'd wear for a perfect long weekend, and all their customers were like, hey... We spend long weekends traveling for weddings these days. And then Abercrombie was like, we love that. Let us just give you everything you could ever possibly want and love to wear for all things wedding. So they did. It has 
everything. Tons of dresses, jumpsuits, pants, swimsuits, pajamas, pantsuits, and all perfectly curated for different events, bachelorettes, brunches, showers, ceremonies as a guest, and ceremonies as a bride, reception, and even honeymoon. It is incredible. Check out the Abercrombie Wedding Shop on Abercrombie.com. Go shop it now. See, Wendell McGee Jr. is a bum player for the Phillies from 1998, and he's on my fucking mind because the Sixers just shit the bed night in and night out recently. Wendell Carter Jr. had like 20 points in the first half and then ran out of gas. But, like, they they can't – what worries me now is if they're playing like this and they have obvious gaping flaws now, these things won't – and they can't and they won't be fixed playoff time when they're going up against the best of the best who are playing at their best. Is this a gaping flaw, though? I think the fact that Bones Highland went unconscious from like 35 feet, I don't think that that's really a gaping flaw. I don't think that that's even something you can game plan for. And a lot of Nuggets fans I saw were like, Jokic is actually the MVP because they won without his two best players alongside him. It's like... You wouldn't have got that performance out of Bones Highland if Jamal Murray was playing. Like that was a Jamal Murray esque performance. Like it's obviously Embiid, but like you almost can't have prepared for that. Like you should have pinned down off screens and like fucking like closed out on shots and and maybe like Embiid should be should have been doing that instead of letting Highland have these open looks. But like I don't think it's I don't I don't think these whole these like maladies are gaping like you you lose games in the regular season and if we live and die by every regular season loss or like if we god forbid lose a game like in the first three games of a playoff series and we start living and dying off that we're gonna fucking die of heart attacks our blood pressure is gonna be yeah we're gonna die of heart attacks (laughs) we have to fly a little bit more even keel so we can and like when it all closes out and we have like some kind of like uh, circumspect look at things, whether they win it all or fucking disappoint us again. That's when I think that we really can unload the clip. But now I don't think that the team is like in that bad of a spot as you do, Smitty. I I want to know what your you keep saying these gaping flaws. What is like the number one thing that you look at and you're like and you kind of decide that this team doesn't have it? Like the number one thing. The number one thing would be obvious help outside of Joel Embiid. That includes James Harden outside of last night, who was, you said he had a quiet, almost triple-double, and it was quiet. I'm looking for him to take over when he needs to take over, when the bench isn't scoring that much, and and when Niang isn't uh, dropping heat and Tobias is only having 10 points, and Maxi, you know, he had, what, over 17 points last night, but he, he, he can't be counted on. Like he, like he's an all star yet. I need if James Harden James is our Harden. biggest flaw, then I, I don't no, think that yeah, that's. I'm not saying that's, he's the biggest. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's the biggest, but the last couple of games he really wasn't playing the way James Harden should be playing. And to take over last night when you're in the last four minutes, yeah, he had a couple drives and fouls. Like I'm looking for him to take the last fucking shot as a step back and drain it instead of George Yang taking it in the corner or off the backboard. That's what I'm looking for. And when you're saying gaping flaws, the defense is a huge problem, especially transitionally. They're letting up way too many wide-open shots and layups. And there's obvious need for other scorers. There just is. And Bede can't be forced to put up 
40 minutes a night and 35 and 10 for them to consistently win. If he's forced to do that, he will, but they're not going to be able to win a championship, and that's what it's all about. I think that you're right that uh, Harden should have been taking more shots down the stretch of that game, especially because, like, if any other player was kind of pounding the rock at the top of the key and trying to, like, break someone down off the dribble, like, I'd be like, okay, that might be a bad shot. But James Harden uniquely can create space for himself. And, like, I wouldn't mind a couple, like, just a couple of, of his step backs, just, like, breaking yeah. someone down off the dribble. Like, because he can make that shot and take that shot with, like, pretty much no space and that's why he's one of the best three three point shooters of all time so like t- you know take the shot i it's, would rather I, have I, like I have more confidence in him doing a step back like that and basically getting fouled or having just much of a chance to make it than him dribbling and tossing it off to matisse for a wide open three but this team has also only played six games together. Like we had, we ha- going into this, we were like, "All right, we need to give this some time." But then when it came out, and we came out so hot, and the team looked so good, then I think that we got like a little bit spoiled and forgot that this is still a new team that's trying to figure out how to play. Like that happens all the time in the NBA when new players get added. It takes time for the team to figure out what the best way to play with each other and the way to jive with a team. Like it's only been six or seven games, and that's fair. And you're never going to have me dismiss a good jive quote. But the biggest problem that I left out is is undeniable at this point, And that is top 15 doc. Top 15 doc is the biggest issue going into these playoffs. And I'm scared that if they don't do anything in these playoffs, which I think it might be impossible to do, that he's going to be around and and waste in Embiid's prime for the future. He is the single biggest issue and consistent problem from the team. And you see it every game. You see it in the comebacks, the 19-point comeback last night, 24 points against the Clippers earlier in the year. You see it in individual plays towards the end of the half. They taught a timeout, or they had to stop it to play, and they ran they, they ran something drawn up, and it was a clusterfuck. And then at the end of the game, they had a timeout. Why didn't they use it? Why didn't they use it? Why were they forced to go down and, and just try to fucking go on the fly and end up with George and Yang in the corner to bank it off the backboard? Like, this coach yeah, but, is done. But that's but that's the game-to-game shit. Like, we, we're like... We praise Niang so much for having like uh, an itchy trigger finger, basically. Like hit, he'll shoot anything, and then I the am fine with George. In- I'm fine with George Niang taking that last shot. It's how that last shot was taken, if that makes sense. How do, what, what do you mean? Like if George Niang, if there is a design play or George Niang is wide open there and is able to fire, okay. The fact that he was kind of backed into a corner, forgot how much time was left on the clock, and forced up. That shot with a hand in his face, that's what I have a problem in. I think that that was by design, though. I think that he, the way that our offense is designed is uh, you have a shooter in the corner, you have, like, whether it's Danny Green or George Niang, and you have, like, some type of action at the top of the key where, like, whether it's some kind of pick and roll or, like, uh, an isolation for Embiid or an isolation for Harden. I think that th- those are like it, you you go through those players if nothing happens then they should be able to find the guy in the corner for like I, I think that's by design. Look, Nick Nurse is calling up a calling timeout and calling up a play where somebody will be wide open for a game winning shot whether they make it or not that's on the player. I cannot recall 
in Doc Rivers' history with the team. One single play that was designed that didn't fuck up. It's always Embiid at the top of the key. It's always not getting a shot off in time. There's always something. Like, he is not a good coach, specifically in clutch time. I think that's undeniable. You say it's game to game, but it's every game. I think that uh, we, like, it's not as much on the coach as it is on the players. Wrong. I think that it's the the NBA. Like, these coaches are glorified babysitters. Like, it's not like... uh, it's not like he told Harden not to take the shot at the end of the game. Like, I, I think that that's a better point that, like, Harden should be able to, like, take more shots in the last four minutes than, you know, like, than it, it's, like, on Doc. Like, Harden should just shoot the ball. It's, like, not, like, on Doc to be like, hey, son, like, you got to shoot the ball. I think Harden might know more about basketball than Doc Rivers. Like, I think that Harden, like, has more of a grasp on what's going on with the team than Doc Rivers. I think that way bigger of a problem is DeAndre Jordan. The lead disappeared when DeAndre Jordan was in the game. DeAndre Jordan was the one who couldn't guard anything on transition defense. The only highlights that Jokic had in the game, other than his like slapstick fucking runner at the end, were on Jordan. Like DeAndre Jordan is not it. I'd rather have fucking B-Ball Paul in there. I'd rather have Charles Bassey in there. I'd rather have fucking... It, like literally anybody, Henry Sims, I'd rather have in there because he, I wouldn't. He, he's just yeah, not I wouldn't a, whip out Henry Sims, but go on. He's a Sims. He's he just isn't it, and it's like we're going to him because he has a famous name, and that's like that's some Lakers shit. Like that's like the Lakers just being like, oh, like this guy was good in nineteen or in like fucking twenty twelve. Like he he should be on our he should be our stud right now. Like that's not. And I fell victim to it. I was excited when when they signed him. He's not it. And at the end of the game, Niang was the one who was guarding Jokic. Niang was the one in the post fucking guarding Jokic. Well, that's because, because NBA had five. Option. Well, no, Embiid had five fouls. Like he didn't want him but, fouling out, which he probably should have fouled out when Jokic made that runner towards the end. But but it's uh like the, it's a better option to keep Niang in the game and have him guard the other team's center than to go to another center on the bench, which is a fucking problem. It's a huge problem, and it's a huge problem that the bench itself, other than Niang, other than Sheik, who, again, coach's decision, only played eight minutes last night when he's the only one that can give you a spark off the bench when shit's happening. They have issues, man. They have issues. Isaiah Isaiah Joe is more of an answer, too, because, like, I think he has the ability to give us a Bones Highland-like performance. Obviously, Bones Highland's probably better than Isaiah Joe, but he's a good enough unconscious shooter who, at the top of the key, can can just like light up from you know five five feet outside the three point line. I agree, and it's still a work in progress. But we need the help now. Like, if Isaiah Joe is not going to come off the bench and be unconscious. Like, then then keep rotating Furkan in there. Like, see if he can just, like, try to find that Turkish magic that he had at the beginning of the year. Like, you need something now, and nobody's providing it. Nobody. Are you looking for relief, relaxation, or to party on the motherfucking moon? Then check out 3Cheese's new True Strains lineup of cannabis vapes and gummies tailored for specific effects. And the best part? It's delivered straight to your door. 
visit 3chi.com. That's 3chi.com. And for a limited time, get 20% off with the code BARSTOOL20. Embiid's providing it. Embiid's providing it. This is Embiid's year. He's MVP. Like, there's no doubt about that, especially after last night. Like, Embiid outplayed Jokic. No doubt about that. Like, anybody who watched that. that game... And said, oh, Jokic deserves the MVP over Embiid, like, wasn't watching the fucking game or is clearly biased, like certain unbiased Celtics reporters for Barstool Sports just fucking talking shit left and right. That George Niang fucking still shot where he had Maxi wide open with three seconds left and the amount of fucking Celtics ball washers who are just tweeting out, oh, I wonder who would have made this pass. Yeah, no fucking shit Ben Simmons would have made that pass. You know who wouldn't have taken the shot? Ben Simmons. Granted, it went off the backboard, and Yang got the rebound. But still, fuck Ben Simmons for putting us in this situation where it has me hating the Sixers right now. Possibly hating. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Fuck Ben Simmons for sure. That's it. That's an easy one. Fuck Ben Simmons. I, I think that we, like, I, I, li- I, I would like to give Embiid a little bit more of his flowers. Because he did play fucking awesome. Amazing. He did play incredibly. He's an incredible shot maker. He hit all of his shots. He fucking did everything that he needed to do. I, he, he is the MVP. I, like, I want the, the Sixers to win, but like, the only highlights that Jokic had were passes, like skip passes while Embiid wasn't in the game. And uh, like, it, the, that's a silver lining from the game. But I'm not looking for silver linings. I'm looking for wins. And I respect, Smitty, that you're on their ass. I respect that you're not going to let them get away with it, and they're not going to be a middling team. But I also think that it's a long season. We have, what, 18 more games left before the playoffs. We're about – we have, you know, we're the three seed right now, two and a half games out of being the one seed. We have work to do, but we have an ability to do the work. Uh, deep thought here. Uh, I would much rather be the three seed than the two seed right now. Playing the Cavs in the first round at the six rather than the Raptors. We're playing lights out or the Nets, who obviously might be trouble in the playoffs. If they finish yeah. the three, okay. Okay. Go yeah. Fine. I'm excited to see Ben Simmons come back to the Nets because he's going to, uh, ruin their, their chemistry. But uh, I, I'm with you on that. Uh, but I'll, I'll play whoever. We need to be at our best form. We have 18 games to do it. Fuck Ben Simmons. And now we're going to move on to a little hot stove heat check with Maximus. Max played ball at uh, Conestoga as well as Hofstra. He's a left-handed meat stick. And now as a producer here on uh, First Time Long Time. And Max, Odubo Herrera, Familia, and Brad Hand. Can we bring on all the mediocrity in free agency. That's a star-studded cast right there. It is. It is. We'll go through it one by one. Odubel, fuck him. He's an awful person uh, by uh, legal standards and by human standards uh, for what he went through. Yeah, he got a second chance. And uh, you know what? If he were to uh, achieve his all-star level of where he hits for, you know, 330, matches home runs, bat flips, and plays an adequate center field, people might be able to look past his uh, previous transgressions, which are awful. But unfortunately, he only does that for about one week every three months. And otherwise, he stinks. He can't play center field. He is too inconsistent at the plate. And uh, he'll get into a rundown between second and third with uh, nobody out way too often. Get him the fuck off the team. I don't even know why the Phillies are entertaining bringing him back, let alone bringing him back. But 
That's what happens when you don't have a center fielder, and you're going to have to platoon it with him and Matt Veerling, who, Max, I want to get your take on him. Uh, he was an upstart project last year, along with Luke Williams and number one overall pick Mickey Moniak. And Veerling actually showed a little bit of juice uh, towards the end of the year. And I think he deserves a shot, not only because every time we mention his name, uh, my DMs get flooded with every single St. Louis area uh, fanboy who grew up with him and says he's going to be the next uh, babe fucking Ruth. But every time he hit the ball, he hit her hard. Like, every single time. Does he deserve a chance? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he deserves a chance. I don't know how excited that we need to get about him. He's basically... I don't know. He is what he is. He's like a middle of the road prospect that can go and get it, go in, get you innings. He's not going to be an all star center fielder, but I mean, he definitely is worth a chance. He's the same thing as Odubel Herrera. So, well, Odubel Herrera was once an all star center fielder. That's true. Granted, you need one player from each team, apparently, but <laughs> why not? No, I, Veerling hits the ball hard. Yeah, he's a good player. He's. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he's not someone that we can get excited about. Well, what else you got? I mean, you're going to throw Maniac out there again, who like I like as, as a person. I think he can be serviceable, but he th- was tossed into the fire a little too early last year and basically struck out every single plate appearance. I don't know what the hell's up with Adam Heasley. Like, is he back? I feel like we may never see him again. I, I hope so, but I, I, I... He just left the team and never came back. He was supposed to be the starting center fielder. Yeah, I, I mean, he was... He was a little disappointing, but I mean, at least he was a guy that he won the job last year in spring training. Granny, he didn't like blow anybody out of the water, but he won the job and then he just disappeared and didn't come back. Like, okay, why not? And then we have uh, the question marks that are Familia and Brad Hand. I mean, you know, middle of the road bullpen guys. Phillies lost Hector Neris, who, as a closer, Obviously had his problems and mind goblins, but as a setup guy, I didn't necessarily hate him as much as everybody else, but he's gone and you have to replace him some way, somehow. So you bring on uh, basically his uh, brother from I-95, and I'm not saying that like (laughs) ethnically or whatever. I'm saying that they are the exact same fucking pitcher, Familia and Hector Neres, when it comes to just blowing games. I can't wait for that. Yeah, we we basically had a horrible bullpen that we have got somehow gotten worse over over the off season, which makes no sense. But no off season moves have made sense other other than the Bryce Harper year. I mean, Brad Hand, he's an All Star two years ago, and then he's you know fine. promptly went DFA'd last year, so he's a lefty out of there. But the big question uh, going into this off season is who are they going to pick up right now? You got three guys: Castanetos. He's 30 years old, looking for a big contract. Kyle Schwarber, 29 years old, looking for a big contract. Chris Bryant, 30 years old, looking for a big contract. They get one of those three, sure, why not success. They get none. It's a big problem. But uh, sources around these barstool parts are saying uh, Castanetos is most likely, followed by Schwarber and Bryant, probably going to stay out west, which, whatever. you got to get one of those three, and they have to perform Uh, but this team ain't doing dick if the likes of Aaron Nola doesn't return to his Cy Young performance-worthy career that we haven't seen in over two years. If Zach Wheeler can hold up his performance of last year, 
He's only getting older. If you can get Kyle Gibson to give you innings, if Zach Eflin can come back and be, you know, that number three starter who we think he can be, and if Ranger Suarez can continue to be the absolute lefty beastmaster that he proved to be last year. I Don't love, say Ranger Suarez isn't a number three guy. No, he I might love, be number one. I love Ranger Suarez. He might Suarez. be number one. There, there is nothing more than I love than a little lone Ranger down me pants <laughs> at this point. That guy is a left-handed slinger, and I question him moving from the bullpen to the starter position last year, but once he got his pitch count up, the dude can sling. He can. He honestly can be an ace. It was one of the most impressive runs that like we've ever seen in Philadelphia out of a guy just coming out of nowhere and just giving you giving you everything he had every single outing. Every single outing, six innings, no run. Like it was every unbelievable. Single time. Every single time he gave you a chance to win. And not only that, he 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 did better than that. He 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 gave you a chance where you should have won with with one or no runs every single start he had. Obviously we had Wheeler who was Cy Young candidate, but if you had the choice between Ranger Suarez and Aaron Nola last year, you wanted Ranger Suarez every single time. 100%. 100%. But this Phillies team won't be able to win. They'll make the playoffs because 12 teams make the playoffs now, but this team won't be able to win anything unless Aaron Nola regains his form somewhat, which means maybe, just maybe, not give up a home run on every single 0-2-1-2 count that he faces. So here's the Aaron Nola, and uh, more question marks uh, revolving around Alec Boom, boom, Alec Boom. Is he playing third? Is he going to be playing first? Is he going to be DH? Is he going to actually pull the ball for once? Or is he going to be traded? I don't know. He was lost last year. Absolutely in the clouds towards the end of the season. Uh, we were having uh, discussions at the beginning of the year, making fun of uh, who, who's uh, the Braves third baseman, Austin Rivers. Or no, definitely Austin, not Austin Rivers. Austin, Austin Rivers Riley. Play, Austin Riley, yes, Austin Rivers, Doc's son, <laughs> plays for the Nuggets. Uh, we were having conversations, making fun of Austin Riley, saying Alec Bone blows him like to Tim Buck too. Nope, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Austin Riley, better player. Yeah, by not far. even close. So, Alec, but they're gonna have to figure out what's going on with Alec Bone. Like, and at shortstop, are you having Bryson Stott or are you having DD? Just only because he's making a hundred billion dollars this year. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think the DH could not be a better thing for Alec Bohm because he might be one of the worst defensive players in the entire MLB. Like it was really sad to watch. Yes. And that it like it obviously carried over to the plate because when you're doing that bad defensively, like that's all you're thinking about and like it, you just start to get in your head. So like I do have a little bit of hope for him as a DH because you got to try and salvage his career. He's he looked like he was going to be our only prospect from the past like ten years. So, I mean, you got to hold out hope, and you got to hope that the DH is going to s- switch his game because it's basically all we got right now. Because he literally can't play in the field in the MLB. Listen up, guys. We've all accomplished things we never thought we could: running your first five k on no sleep, learning a new language you'll never use, and winning that college basketball bracket challenge, even if it was auto picked. So why not add cutting your own hair to the list? Wall makes hair clippers that keep you looking your best. And hey, if a winning bracket just isn't in the cards for you this year, at least you'll have a winning look. Get your wall hair clippers at wallusa.com. Wall, you got this. Other news that we haven't gotten to. uh, Eagles, I'm going to do this right now. I'm looking at the camera. 
Thumbs up, Howie Roseman. There. You even get a finger gun. You get two finger guns. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Because Hassan Reddick, well done. That's how you bring in somebody who can play some ball on the edge that helps out your team in which uh, it's a position where the Eagles need. Hassan Reddick, Camden kid, grew up uh, in South Jersey, went to Temple, walk on, ended up being a first-round pick, and uh, has among the most sacks in the past two years in the league, 23 and a half the past two years. Did we get him for a little, you know, hometown loving? Probably. But it's nice not to have to convince a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson to waive their trade clauses for somebody to get here. And speaking of that, everybody needs to get Deshaun Watson out of their fucking heads right now. I don't want him in my head. I don't think you want him in your head. If you have daughters, you definitely don't want him around. But he ain't coming anyway. That's what I don't understand about people who are just like, oh, Deshaun Watson, like we should still go after him. He's not waving his trade clause for Philly. He already said that. It's the Saints and the Panthers right now. It's the same thing with Russell Wilson. He didn't want to come here. Okay, fine. You can't try to go get somebody who, who has the opportunity to, to decide on where they're going. And Deshaun Watson doesn't want to come here. So I don't know what people are talking about when they say, oh, well, how he's going to pull some strings. Maybe, I guess, if nobody wants him, but he ain't coming. That's it. Done. And good. See ya. I mean, that's just Philly media is that whenever there's a guy, it's just always, okay, he's coming to Philly, he's coming to Philly, he's coming to Philly. But that, I mean, there's just so many talking heads out there that just want to put their name out and say, oh, yeah, I have reports that Deshaun Watson is coming to Philly. And the Eagles still need some safeties. <laughs> Both safeties gone. They still need help on linebacker. They still need help on wide receiver. Miles Jack just got cut. We'll see where he goes. Uh, be interesting to see where Derek Burnett ends up. See ya. But uh, thumbs up, finger guns, Howie Roseman. Okay, that's a start to the offseason. Now let's not fuck up all three draft picks in the first round, which is a tall, tall ask. Uh, Carson Wentz also... Uh, Shout out to him for having one of the most batshit quotes uh, in in human history when it comes to sports. Uh, Carson Wentz shared his thoughts on being traded to the Commanders with students at Trader Point School in Indiana on Friday. This is via his foundation, the AO1 Foundation. He said, Okay, God, I'm just going to take the next right step. I'm going to be obedient wherever you have me. I'm going to be living on a mission wherever you have me, whatever it looks like. For me... Take the next right step, because ultimately, this isn't my life. This is God's life. And he goes on like that. And uh, Za, you are here, and, and being the, the, the spiritual, intellectual uh, kind. Um, I wouldn't go that far, but Okay, go on. But, but logically thinking and speaking here, does it just seem that Carson Wentz thinks that he doesn't have any free will? At this point, that every single thing that he does, every interception that he makes, every batshit fumble that he creates because he can't make a decision on the football field is just God's God's responsibility and will. Smitty, I mean, they, they call it the Holy Spirit, the anointing power for a reason, bro. It's, it's, it, it's on God. <laughs> I, you know, I was raised Roman Catholic. Uh, shout out St. Pat's uh, and Father Ambrosi. I, I, I just I don't understand how somebody can basically, as a professional quarterback who is making that amount of money, just throw it up and, and essentially blame God for every single thing that has happened to him. It's got to fall on someone, right? I on agree. something, someone. 
I agree. And human nature, humans, humans tend not to tend not to blame themselves. So who best uh, who best to blame? But but God. <laughs> Just completely outrageous. I, I I I feel bad. I feel bad for PFT. I feel bad for Nate. I feel bad for people who have to have to deal with that because I mean just the the lack of responsibility that's that's taken. What are your thoughts on that uh on that report that when we were making the Super Bowl run that he had he and another injured player had to get broken up because uh he voices displeasure to the team's success. Yeah, uh, I think that was believable. Absolutely believable. Um especially after uh, everything that's come out about Carson Wentz since that Super Bowl, how he's just basically a huge baby. Uh, it was reported that it was, uh, or alleged for the most part, 100%, that it was indeed Darren Sproles who had to come at uh, Carson Wentz. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He would have beat the shit out of him too. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I could see Darren Sproles, who, uh, no offense, uh, is essentially your size. Uh, <laughs> Surprisingly. I saw I saw his stats. Isn't he like five? He's like five three, five two. Oh yeah. Bro, he has like seven inches on him. <laughs> it's like, like how, many, dead ass. how many iPhones do you think Darren Sproles That's is? one. One. <laughs> literally one. He's like one and a half. So Darren... He, he's this much taller than I am. Darren Sproles, like, who is still considered one of the best, like, personalities in recent Philly history, going at Carson Wentz for being a little baby back bitch during the championship run, uh, is is not only a great, but, but humorous sight. To see little little Za trying to climb up the six four Carson Wentz. All right, we got Ron here now. <laughs> All right, what's up, Ron? What did I walk in on? You, you walked <laughs> you in talking on, about Day Darren Sproles. Uh, it was reported that Darren Sproles uh, was the one who went at Carson Wentz for the championship uh, disagreement. Couple years back. Oh, and you're saying it would be like Za going head to head? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a that, that's a great image. And Za would Za would beat the shit out of Carson Wentz. Za might be thicker than Darren Sproles. Actually, yeah. <laughs> I remember one time. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, I think we were in Louisville for like a college football thing. Yeah. And you and I were trying to film something where I threw you into the crowd. Yeah. And I couldn't pick you up. It was the it was the tailgate <laughs> tailgate tour. You were on the wait. You were on the Natty tour, right? You were doing something with the Natty tour something. that time. And then it was it was all at the same spot. And yeah, you were trying to do. You were a bit trying to yeah, yeah we're trying to do a video, and I'm like. trying to pick him up, and he was just a, he was a dense cannonball, rock solid man, one hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, I was trying to pick up just a thing of antimatter and toss it. I couldn't do it. Meanwhile, Frankie Borelli is like twenty pounds less. You can just ragdoll him anywhere you want. It's incredible. That's that African beef. <laughs> That's right. He's no spider. Spider's the one that you could just pick up and toss around. He's no spider for sure. How's my audio? Is it a little crumbly? You're all right. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, we were just talking like Phillies, and we we touched on the the Hassan Hassan Reddick. Hassan. Hassan. Yes, we'll cut that out. It's okay. <laughs> Hassan Reddick. I you missed it, Rune. I gave Howie two thumbs up. It's never gonna That's happen rare. again. Yeah, I give. You gotta the, do it again. I, I gave. Let me I, see it. I gave Howie the two thumbs up and the finger guns. That's how excited we were. You gave him the finger guns? I gave him the finger guns. Nobody expected Hassan Reddick, I don't think. And I think that that's emblematic of the fact that 
everybody's saying it and spelling it wrong. It, even the journalists, even a day later, because it's H-A-A-S-O-N, and you're still seeing H-A-S-S-O-N, H-A-A-S-S-A-N. It's, it's, he's a new guy, but he's an old guy. I, I'm, I'm two thumbs up on Hassan Reddick as well, it's even the, though he's a little undersized. Well, and, and he doesn't really have a position. He's just rushing the quarterback, which is fine. That's what they need. They're going to need more help. And uh, two thumbs up to Howie. It was logical, and uh, he got it right. Sure, why not? Yeah, he. Uh, that uh, Jimmy Kemsky put out a supercut of all his like best uh, of all his sacks that he had last season, and he's just he's a blur. Like he just mm-hmm. fires off the edge. Uh, he, he's not like two. He's not Vinny Curry. He's not like two hundred eighty pounds out there. He's like two thirty. And he bends off the edge, and he beats you with speed, or he beats you with a fast inside move. He's not gonna like power rush people to death, but we need we need people to get sacks. He can get sacks for us. He can eat the lunch, and with Fletcher Cox maybe on his way out, uh, he might have to eat a lot. He might have to eat a lot. Uh, yeah, there's one way that Fletcher Cox leaving is palatable to me. And it's if the Eagles draft Jordan Davis with one of their first three round picks or their three first round picks. And I I think that Jordan Davis is the only guy size wise that can eat up the space that Fletcher Cox did. And he's the only guy where if you get rid of Cox, it's not a step down to have the behemoth that is Jordan Davis, like an athletic freak, a size freak, a dude who's six, eight and who can just eat up all that space inside. Would it be nice to have Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and Milton Williams and, you know, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, and now Hassan Reddick? Yeah, it'd be awesome mm-hmm. to have all of them. Would, I don't think you'll be able to. No, and it would also be awesome to have a quarterback that isn't a running back with uh, somewhat of a 50% of an arm. That would be awesome as well, but that's what we have right now, and that's what we have in the future. We're gonna... Who's getting to you, Smitty? Why, 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 why is the tune changing? I'm all over the place. We were talking about Oduba Herrera, how he's coming back to the Phillies, and how that's a shit show, and then I'm giving Howie the thumbs up. Dogs and cats are living together. It's Mass Asteria over here. Spotting uh, dimes, Aduba... eating onions. <laughs> Oduba Herrera is the all-time bad omen for Philadelphia. Not just, like, this season, but, like, it seems like Ever since, did he make an all-star team or he was almost made an all-star team? No, he made an all-star team because one player from each team is forced to be uh, thrown into the fire. That is the all-star game. But when you're you're led by Ryan Sandberg, who literally just left the team mid-season because he didn't want to deal with it anymore, Oduber Herrera is your all-star pick. Yeah, so I think that that first half of the season when he was hitting a bunch of doubles – that was like the only good time in Odubel Herrera. And ever since then, he's been like a monkey's paw. He's been like a black crow. He's been a bad omen for all of Philadelphia. And I can't for the life of me figure out why they're bringing him back. Especially when you look at the fact that they have like, uh, I mean, I've seen this said before. They've been drafting center fielders for like the last six years. And yeah, maybe they're not good enough. But also Odubel Herrera is not good enough. Mm-hmm. He's definitely not good enough. He's not good enough as a person. He's not good enough as an athlete. He's not good enough as anything. Uh, jumped around a lot this episode. Uh, real quick, picks wit. We're still going to be firing out the Sixers bets. They will start hitting again. I 
I, I won't promise because I don't know if that's a legality thing, but they will start hitting again. You have my word, which is not as strong as Oak. Uh, however, you can look at Villanova right now to win this championship of the NCAA plus 2,000 on the Barstool Sportsbook. That's Picks Wit, first time, long time, out. We'll hang up and listen.